This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. They're an incredible part of America's heritage, our national park system. If you've visited some of them and think you know all about them, you don't. We'll have an inside look that may surprise you. These are extremely beautiful and natural, wild places where you should sit and appreciate them a little more. It kind of gives you a good perspective on life. Then, countless public places have banned smoking. What's been the effect? A new study says the benefits are many. And what we found is that putting in place smoking restrictions led to an immediate drop in hospital admissions for heart attacks, strokes, asthma, and other diseases. Those two stories, and much more, are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show will get underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you've visited the Grand Canyon or Yellowstone and think you've seen America's national park system, you've barely scratched the surface. With an eye-opening look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Mike Oswald, the author of a book called Your Guide to the National Parks, which takes an in-depth look for people who are planning a visit to one of our nation's national parks. Mike, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. You know, certainly this is an ambitious book. Did you visit all 58 national parks? I visited 48 of the 58 national parks. That was kind of a matter of economics. I was doing this whole project off of savings and then later debt. And there are five flying only parks in Alaska, which are extremely expensive to visit. The 48 that I visited, it covers 97% of the tours of the national parks. There are 61 million tourists last year going to the parks, and 97% of them is pretty good. Out of all those you visited, you must have two or three parks that are your personal favorites, right? Yeah, absolutely. Probably my favorite is Glacier National Park in Montana just on the border of the Canadian-United States border. Absolutely love it. The backcountry is phenomenal. The Monans are just more prominent. Everything's bigger. Everything's wilder. You have a really good chance of seeing grizzly bears. But really, I like almost all of them. There are only a couple that I wouldn't recommend taking a significant detour to go visit. You mentioned 61 million visitors. How is attendance and the use of our national parks by the public? Is it healthy or is it on the decline? It's really healthy. It's been increasing year in and year out for the last couple of years. And I think that has something to do with the national economic climate. When times are a little tougher, people stay home and go camping and look for less expensive vacation. I think everyone thinks of things like hiking and camping and maybe canoeing. But what are some of the more unique activities at some national parks that you ran across? There's a lot of stuff, like whitewater rafting. Probably everybody thinks about going through the Grand Canyon whitewater rafting, but... Several of the parks offer that, and there's rock climbing. People are familiar with Half Dome at Yosemite, and El Capitan is on the other side of Yosemite Valley. And yeah, it's obviously for skilled rock climbers, but you can scale El Capitan, and it's a multi-day trip. You're actually sleeping on the granite cliff base, harnessed to the cliff. There are things like mule rides, plane trips. You can do all sorts of stuff. I think a lot of people these days, as you kind of mentioned a little while ago, are very budget-conscious some of these trips to parks can get rather expensive, though, depending on what you do, right? Yeah, 
depending on where you're staying, like some of the lodges get extremely expensive just for spending that night. Jenny Lake Lodge at Grand Teton in Wyoming, which is actually connected to Yellowstone, that lodge, I think it has the title of the most expensive in the National Park Service, and it can be up to $600 a night. But if you're staying there, you're obviously treating yourself to something really nice. And all these activities, too, if you start looking into doing multi-day like pack trips on horseback or multi-day rafting trips, you're talking a couple hundred bucks. And then once you get a family involved, they are expensive. So I always recommend if you're looking to do things on a budget, just go there and do all the ranger programs. Almost every single ranger program they offer is free, and they're fantastic. The rangers are so enthusiastic about what they do and love the environment. They're happy to share their love of these places with all the guests. In my family, three of us are campers who enjoy sleeping outdoors, but there's one member of the family who wouldn't sleep in a tent if her life depended on it. How important is camping to really enjoying our national parks? I think that's probably to each their own sort of situation. It's definitely not necessary. These lodges that I'm mentioning, when you go out west, they're very conscientious in making the lodges blend in with the scenery and there's somewhat of an attraction all of their own. They're cool places, though. A trip to the national parks loses a little bit of the mystique by not camping. But the campgrounds, they're fairly social environs, too. You don't have all that much privacy, and people are having bonfires. I think where if you're really outdoorsy, the backcountry's where it's at. And then you're getting a different experience from the typical tourist. For, say, a family who's done just some limited camping in state parks or whatever, Going to the backcountry sounds a little intimidating. You mentioned grizzly bears a little while ago. What kind of advice would you offer to someone who is thinking, hey, that might be fun, but maybe it's over my head? Well, a really good piece of advice is to start small. Don't carry more weight than you want in your bag. Don't try to take on a longer trip than you need to. And consider everyone in the families, your group of friends, their ability. Like if you don't think someone could hike 15 miles or 10 miles a day, definitely don't try to. Especially, like, you don't want to be giving your child a piggyback ride for five miles because that'll ruin it for whoever has to carry the kid. But there are a lot of parks that are kind of like training wheels for backpackers. One of them in particular is Isle Royal, which is in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It's actually an island in the middle of Lake Superior. It's closer to Canada than just the United States. But this island, it's not extremely big. There are maybe 40 or 50 miles of trails in the island roughly 25 miles long. So if you got lost or anything happened, you're going to end up running into Lake Superior eventually. <laughs> and this one's particularly good because many of the backcountry campsites, they actually have little four-walled structures. So you don't have to bring a tent. You just bring a sleeping bag, roll your sleeping bag on the floor, and you can easily fit four people in one of these structures. You just have to plan it out and get permits from a park ranger before going out. Mike, in your experience, are the parks getting enough attention budget-wise from the federal government? It seems like they are. I can't say firsthand. I don't know what their budget's like. I think they take care of them pretty well because they actually operate in the black as opposed to in the red. So they're bringing in enough dollars from entrances and other fees for things to, to pay for what they're doing. Nothing's in shambles. Like personally, when I've been going through parks, they're always working on something. Road construction is extremely common, which can be a pain for the, the typical tourist. But visitor centers are being updated. They keep all the displays and exhibits very up-to-date and modern. So there's definitely a considerable amount of money that's being channeled into the park system. It is different for each park in terms of what it costs just to go in the park, right? It does. Some are free, and then the entrance fee does change from park to park. I know Grand Canyon is $25 per vehicle, and then they do a lot of things. If you're a frequent visitor of one park, you can get an annual pass 
if you want to go to many parks, you can get a annual park pass that there's 398 units in the entire National Park Service system. And this pass is $80 for a year, and it's good for you and one other person. So you can put two names on the card, and that'll get you a, a car full of people into the gates at any of the fee areas. And then uh, there are a couple other different things, like if you're a senior, which this is probably the best bargain in the whole park system, it's $10 if you're 62 years or older, and that's a lifetime pass that doesn't expire and gets you into any of the fee areas. Any final words of advice, Mike, for families who are considering heading out to a national park? Just go and take your time. Like most visitors, they're planning all these things and they get finely detailed itineraries of what they want to do, but... I'd say just sit down and enjoy the scenery because this is what does diminish the old experience to me is just getting out of the car, snapping pictures, getting back in and racing the next stop or trying to squeeze in more than you can do. These are extremely beautiful and natural, wild places where you should sit and appreciate them a little more. It kind of gives you a good perspective on life and relativity to how people stand because these are so clearly not man-made landscapes. Mike Oswald, the author of the book, Your Guide to the National Parks. Mike, is there a website where folks can learn more? There is, stoneroadpress.com. Anywhere you want to buy the book, it should be available. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Yep, thanks a lot. You have a good day. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, you know about smoking bans in public places, but the health effects may shock you. That story, straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.